Good singing. Let me tell you, before you all get around that corner, keep that one in your pocket, Isaac. Keep that one in your pocket. We're going to do it some more. Tell Rachel, be ready, I tell you. And Daniel too. I hope you all at home that are watching by our live stream could sense the presence of God there the way we could here because I'll tell you, that song, you could really sense the presence of God moving in a powerful, powerful way. What, a, what an awesome song that is. It reminded me of the children of Israel. That's where the Psalms came from that we have in our Bible. Those Psalms, many of them, were their worship songs. And they would sing those songs as they marched and as they traveled and as they went along just talking to God and praising Him and asking Him to do a great work in their lives. That's why we see so much repetitive things in the book of Psalms as they sang those songs and marched along. And I thought about that as you all were singing. And I just like those songs that are new that I can sing along. I got all those amens with you right there at the end when they got to doing those amens. But if you, uh, well, that was just powerful, wasn't it? About, about asking for the presence of God upon generation after generation after generation. And folks, that's what we need in our world today. God just to pour out His blessings upon us. Well, it's good to be back with you. Thank you, Don and Daniel, for preaching while I was gone, and Isaac and others for leading the music last Sunday, and that was a powerful time. Would you take your Bible and turn with me to John chapter number 21. We're going to be looking at verses 18 through 24, John chapter 21. We're looking at this theme today, the invitation to follow Jesus. The CEO of Goya Foods got an invitation from the White House recently to come and to be there and, you know, just get some greetings from the president. And he, I think, uh, from what I've been reading and listening on the news he had a lot of good things to say about the president and that struck some people in a wrong way and they began to, to protest uh, and boycott Boya Foods, Goya Foods all over, all over the country. But I began to think about invitations and when you think about getting an invitation, there's no other greater invitation that has ever been given than the invitation of the creator of this universe extending an invitation to you and me, follow me. Now think about that for a moment. Jesus came to this world and as he began to walk those dusty streets of Palestine, he looked at some of the disciples and some of the people along the way and he uttered these words, Follow me. 
Now I will tell us, friend, that's the greatest invitation that can ever come. That, that is greater than any invitation that any king, any president, any world ruler, any organization, any cause, anything could be given to man. And that is the invitation of Jesus. Follow me. Would you stand please for the reading of your word? John chapter 21 We're going to look at a verse of Scripture, a passage where this invitation was given. It was given to Peter on numerous occasions. This probably is the last one that I can recall in Scripture. But notice it uh, for, for just a moment. Verse 18, Most assuredly I say to you, when you were younger, you were, you walked where you wished, And when you are old, they will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke to Simon Peter, saying, signifying, by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Then Peter, turning around, saw the other disciple whom Jesus loved, following Jesus, who had leaned on his breath at the supper and said unto the Lord, Who is he who will betray you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? And he was referring to John, of course. Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? Follow me. Then as they went out among the brethren, this disciple that went out among the brethren that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he should not die, but if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? Would you bow with me as we pray? Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We ask for your direction and leadership. Help us to understand your word as we expound it and clarify and read it and teach it to the church body today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you and be seated please. Let me just give us the background of this story. And then we're going to leave this story for a while. And then we're going to come back and look at these verses in particular at the end as we expound them to you. But the setting in this scripture is this. Simon Peter, as you know, had denied even knowing Jesus earlier on. And now in John 21, Simon Peter comes again and Jesus comes to him and asks him, Do you love me? Do you really love me? Do you really love me more than these? And Simon Peter acknowledged, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And so now that they've restored their relationship, Jesus and Simon Peter, Jesus gives Simon this last bit of commission. And he begins to talk to Simon Peter about Simon Peter's upcoming death. And he says, Peter, here's the way that you're going to die. Here's what's going to happen to you when you reach that point that you're going to be dying and come to heaven. He said, they're going to take you, they're going to to, uh, strap you down, they're going to tie your arms, they're going to take hold of you, and they're going to actually lead you to where you do not want to go. And when they do that, you're then going to die. 
And Simon Peter acknowledged that. And he looked over and he saw John and he says, Well, what about this disciple? What about John? How is he going to die? And actually, the power of this scripture, we'll see it at the end, is this discussion between Jesus and and Peter about how John is going to die. But anyway, it became a statement and it became the rumor mill got started. And the rumor mill was this back in those days that Peter would die a violent death, but John would not die until Jesus returned. And the scripture makes it plain that Jesus cleared it up here and said, No, no, that was not what I said to you at all. And Peter, you will die a a very violent type of a death. Well, that's the scripture, that's the background. We're going to come back at the end of the sermon and we're going to cover those verses that I read. But I want to begin this morning and I want to go back and just recount a little bit about this idea, this invitation to follow Jesus. Because that invitation was given many, many times throughout the New Testament. We read in Matthew 9.9, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. Matthew 10.37 and 8, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow me. Is not worthy of me. Mark 8 34, and when he called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. John chapter 1, verse 37. The two disciples that heard him speak followed Jesus. Verse 43. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip, and he said to him, follow me. Now, what do we understand from all of these scriptures? We understand that this invitation to follow Jesus was not simply given to Simon Peter alone. It was given to numerous disciples. In fact, it's given to you and I today, this invitation to follow Jesus is given to anyone that would listen and that would hear the call of Christ to follow Him. This same invitation was given to Zacchaeus when he had climbed a tree and he came down and he began to follow Jesus and his life was changed. That invitation was given to Nicodemus who was of the Sanhedrin and at the death of Christ he left everything and followed Jesus and began to serve him. That invitation was also given to the rich young ruler and he he denied it. He did not accept it. So here's the question, friend. When Jesus comes and He says to you, and He says to me, follow me, He waits on our response. Some do follow Christ. Others do not. Such as the rich young ruler. 
When he examined the call to follow Jesus, and he evaluated the call, he counted the cost, he saw everything that it was going to cost him, what was at stake, what he was going to have to give up, what he was going to have to change. When he realized the cost of following Jesus, he looked at Jesus politely and said, no thank you, and he walked away without the Savior being in his life. The Bible says Jesus was sad and burdened that the rich young ruler had refused his offer to follow him. Well, my friend, you and I are here today and we hear that same invitation from Christ. Follow me. Now, I'm going to sort of talk through that for a moment before we get to the text. Because you see... That word, follow me, that Jesus calls you and I, we may not fully understand it because of the country that we live in. We may not fully understand what's at stake because our lives sometimes have been relatively simple and easy. But my friend, I've got news for us. If it's not apparent to you now, if it's not apparent to you today, it will be, I'm sure, in months months ahead and in the following year that there is coming to America a tremendous price to be paid for the person who answers the call, yes, when Jesus says, follow me. There's going to be a price to be paid. We already see that going on in some parts of the country. We'll see it more and more later on. But when we think of following Jesus and we think about an easy life, we say, well, maybe if I follow Jesus, everything in my life is going to turn out okay. I will just tell you that when I began to follow Jesus as a child and as a teenager, I sort of thought like that, that if I follow Jesus, everything in my life is going to turn out okay, but it wasn't long till I found out that wasn't the case. Everything doesn't turn out okay when you start following Jesus because you get a target on your back and Satan gets you in his crosshairs and he begins to fire away at you and there's a price to be paid when we follow Jesus. According to God's plan, when you follow Jesus, everything may not turn out okay In your life. And if I were not a true preacher of the gospel, I wouldn't tell you the truth. If I were a false teacher, I would tell you, trust Jesus and all of your cares are gone. Trust Jesus and your life is going to be just wonderful. Trust Christ and follow Him and it will be heaven on earth for the rest of your days. But friend, that's not the truth as we see in the Scripture. Many of those who followed Jesus had very difficult lives ahead of them because they were following Jesus. Peter said, everyone that lives godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now I ask you, friend, 
Have you been suffering persecution yet? And for many of us, the answer to that would be probably no. We haven't suffered a lot of persecution yet, but it's coming. Because that's what the Word of God says. Well, when we talk about if I follow Jesus, wealth, prosperity, happiness, and all of these other good things are going to happen to me. That's not necessarily the truth, my friend. You ask the Apostle Paul, and he sure wouldn't go along with a statement like that. When he determined to give up his Pharisaical life and began to give up Judaism and began to follow Jesus, he found out his following Jesus took him into the cold, into the wet, into the sea, into the jungle. It cost him snake bites. It cost him peril and all kinds of difficulty. It cost him to be whipped and stoned and left to dead outside of Lystra. Why? Because... One decision, I will leave Judaism and I will follow Jesus. My friend, following Jesus has a price on it to be paid. If I follow Jesus, all suffering, all heartache will be spared me. Not really. I know a lot of people who have decided to follow Jesus and their lives have been filled with heartache and pain and all kinds of difficulty. If I follow Jesus, my children will always honor God and they will grow up to serve Him. Not really, my friend. You don't have a promise of that. There's nowhere that you can find that if you follow Jesus, your children also are going to follow Jesus. If you follow Jesus and love Him, your children are going to honor God and follow Jesus and all the generations. That whole song that was sang just a few moments ago, as we sang all those amens and amens, they were preceded by a prayer of asking God, God, bless generation after generation after generation. And He will and He desires to. But listen, friend, if you want the blessing of God upon your generation, follow Jesus, but it doesn't mean everything's going to be easy. But you'll walk and serve and please Him. I will live to be a grand old age and enjoy my golden years if I follow Jesus. My brother texted me yesterday and said, Our aunt died. She was 106 years old. She lived a long life. Isn't that the American dream? That we live a long life, that we enjoy our golden years. But my friend, when you decide to follow Jesus, you forfeit the American dream. When you decide to follow Jesus, you forfeit life as you would like for it to be. When you decide to follow Jesus, here's what you're saying. You're saying, Jesus, I'm going to take my plans and remove them. I'm taking my plans off the table. I'm taking my desires and taking and counting them as lost. And I will follow you, Jesus, and what you desire for my life. That is what I want to do. Now, my friend, what I've just described to you in the last few moments 
is exactly what was going on with this conversation between Jesus and Simon Peter. He said to him two times in our text, follow me. He said to him, Peter, there will come a time that your hands are going to be bound. Your feet are going to be bound. They're going to grab you by the arm. They're going to push you by the shoulders. And they're going to take you and they're going to lead you. And they're going to guide you to a place that you do not want to go. Follow me. <laughs> now I don't know how many people are going to bow into that. Do you? When Jesus tells you about that story and then he says, follow me, I think many of us, we're going to turn and go the other direction. But Simon Peter followed him, didn't he? Simon Peter followed Jesus. And when you and I read Acts chapter number 12, the early church, James, had just been put to death. And they had arrested Simon Peter and they had locked him tight in the prison. He thought, this is my end. I'm now going to die. They're going to put me to death. This must be what Jesus was talking about. But the church began to pray for him. And the church prayed and the angel of the Lord came, opened the prison bars, grabbed Peter, took him out of the stocks that had chained his hands and feet, led Peter outside the prison, opened the prison gate, led him on the outside, and the angel vanished, and Peter went and interrupted the prayer meeting where the church was gathered together praying, and he was delivered, and here's the reason. Oh, yes, Peter is going to die, just as Jesus said, but the time wasn't right. It wasn't God's timing. That wasn't the timing that Jesus had in mind for Peter to die. Did you know, friend, when you decide to follow Jesus and you begin to follow Him, He's in charge of your life and He's in charge of your death. When you begin to follow Jesus, you'll live as long as He wants and you'll die and go to heaven when He gets finished with you here on earth. You see, it's pretty good to follow Jesus because you don't have to worry about those things. You're not the one controlling life or death. Jesus is. Because you're following Him and your life is surrendered to Him and He is the one in charge and in control and He says, you know what? I will leave you here till you're 60 or I'll leave you till you're 30 or I'll leave you till you're 106. I will decide because I'm going to use your life and your life is committed to my, into my hands and nothing can touch you. You follow me. And we see that in the life of Simon Peter, him following Jesus. The early first century church historians, Tertullian, Origen, Eusebius, all agree that Simon Peter was dressed in prison garb, was taken, hands stretched out, taken to where no one would go, and was crucified upside down. Upon his own request, saying, 
I am not worthy to be crucified as my Lord. You turn me upside down and you crucify me. And the early church historians all validate that story of Simon Peter's death. Exactly what we see in verse number 18 that Jesus had said to him. But it was when God was ready. It was when Simon Peter's work was done. It was when Simon Peter was ready and God was ready to bring him home. The text that I read a moment ago, I've only got two points to share with you. How many times have you heard me preach and the introduction was longer than the sermon? <laughs> well, now you just had it today because here we've got two points and we're going to be finished here in just a moment. But the two points need to come at this place in Scripture with all of that background. When I follow Jesus, I am willing to accept His plan for my life. My friend, I want you to think about that. When you and I decide to follow Jesus then we're saying, Jesus, I'm willing to accept your plan for my life. I'm taking a clean sheet of paper. I'm not going to write anything on it. And I'm going to place that sheet of paper on the table. And Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And this sheet of paper represents my life. Now Jesus, you fill it in. In a way that will bring glory and honor to you. How many of us are willing to do that? You see, we want to be in charge of our life. We want to decide our plans. We want to decide what we do. We want to decide how we live. That's all the American dream. That's all we've been taught all of our life. And it's amazing how that when we read Scripture, we find that Scripture conflicts with that kind of thinking. You cannot find in Scripture people who followed Jesus but wrote the script for their own life. It's not there. But you find in Scripture just the opposite. When people followed Jesus, Jesus was the movie producer. Jesus is the one that decides, here's what's going to happen. Here's what your life's going to be. Here's what's going to go on. And it's all going to be for my glory, Jesus says. Come back to the text for a moment. Look at that verse. That verse uh, number 19. This Jesus spoke about Peter's death, signifying by what death he would glorify God what? Showing what death he would glorify God. You see, friend, and then he says to him, follow me. In other words, what the happening there in the scripture is, Simon Peter, you're going to follow me now with your life. I'm going to be in charge I'm going to write the script. I'm going to be involved in every situation. I'm going to use you however I want to use you. And then I'm going to be the one that pulls the plug on your life when it's over. And by the way, Simon Peter, the way you're going to die and when you're going to die is going to glorify me. 
You see, friend, that is not a modern version of American Christianity. American Christianity is not about God, it's about us. And, and that's all wrong. We need a biblical Christianity. The American version of Christianity is my wonderful life, how comfortable I am, how blessed it is to be a child of God, and how wonderful it is to live my life and be in charge and do all of these things and all of these blessings and have all of this fun and all of this joy. And by the way, when I wear out on this life, guess what? I get to go to heaven and they tell me it's better than down here. I'm telling you, friend, that's an American version of Christianity that's not real. The biblical version of Christianity is this. You give everything up and you follow Jesus. And when you follow Jesus, you live your life to serve Him and honor Him. And it may cost you, and it probably will cost you dearly to follow Him. Because you're going to be living out of step with the world. Jesus said about the world... And he said it to these disciples. They heard him. You and I have read it. He said to them, you know what? The world is going to hate you. And you're not going to fit in. You're not going to be accepted if you follow me. The world will not like you because it did not like me. And by the way, the world's going to crucify me. What do you think they're going to do, do to you if you follow me? You see, the, the, the irony of it all is, is the American version of Christianity. We profess a Jesus with our mouth that we don't follow with our heart. Because when we begin to live out life the way the Scripture and the way Jesus tells us to live out life, it's not going to be popular with the world. And the world's not going to like it. When I follow Jesus... I'm willing to accept His plan for my life. Another word that I would share with you in closing is this. When I follow Jesus, I will no longer compare my life to others. Now isn't this exactly what Simon Peter did until Jesus gently rebuked him and got him straightened out? Jesus said, here's how you're going to die, Simon Peter, follow me. And he begins to follow Jesus. and He was going to follow him for the rest of his life. And walking along beside them was the, the apostle John. And Peter saw John and he thought, well, Jesus told me, here's how I was going to die. They were going to bind my hands, take me where I didn't want to go, and they'd be in control of me. Well, he said, well, what about this guy? If I'm going to die like that, well, what about him? What about John? And Jesus gave a simple rebuke that we need to learn from. He said to, to Peter, Peter, don't you worry about John. What I do with John has nothing to do with you. It's none of your business. If I allow John to live until I return someday, what's that got to do with you? You follow me. Do you know, friend, one of our greatest problems in the Christian community is we look to our right and we look to our left and we want to see what everybody else is doing, how everybody else is living, how everybody else this, that, and the other. And, and we get our eyes off of following Jesus and we get our eyes on those around us and they become our guide 
instead of Jesus becoming our guide. And Jesus just many times will gently rebuke us just like he did Peter and say, Peter, quit comparing yourself to John. What I do with John is beside the point. You follow me. My friend, are you and I willing to accept that today? When I follow Jesus, I will no longer compare myself to others. I will understand how detrimental that is to my emotional and spiritual well-being. Do you know, friend, as much as people enjoy Facebook and love Facebook, that's probably one of the most downsides of Facebook, the comparison. We see all of these things everybody else is doing. We see all of these things that everybody else is promoting. We see all of these things that are going on in the lives of others. And we start saying, well, well, why can't I be like that? Why don't I have that? Why doesn't I do that? Why don't this, that, and the other? And all of that is detrimental to following Jesus. Now, I'm not telling you you shouldn't be on Facebook. I'm just giving you an example, friend, of what you're up against as you and I compare ourselves with other people. And Jesus doesn't want us to compare ourselves with other people. He wants us to follow Him. And when we follow Him, what's going on in somebody else's life has no bearing at all about what's going on in our life. Because we're following Him and He's going to lead us. And that's what Jesus is really saying in this passage of Scripture to Peter. Here's how you're going to die. Don't you worry about John's life. Don't you worry about John's death. Don't you worry about John's church. Don't you worry about the Isle of Patmos. Don't you worry about the book of Revelation. Don't you worry about any of those things. Peter, you follow me. I'll have you write two epistles, first and second uh, Peter, and you'll tell everybody about the roaring lion and seeking whom he may devour. Peter, you follow me. My friend, when we really narrow it down, I'm not surprised that the rich young ruler didn't follow Jesus. Are you? I'm not surprised that he walked away and said, I can't, it's too much. I can't do it. I can't surrender my life. I can't commit my life to that kind of a life, Jesus. And I will tell us today, friend, Jesus wants you to follow him, but I will tell you this. He's not going to adjust his plan to suit you. You will have to follow him based on what he says and his direction and his leadership. Several years ago, I don't remember how many, maybe 20 or so years ago, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, playing Major League Baseball, were in a home run battle that lasted throughout the season. It came down to the final game of the season for Mark McGuire. And he hit multiple home runs in the final game of the season to outrank Sammy Sosa and win the home run contest with 71. I'm not sure if it's still the record, but it was an unbelievable record at that time. Years later, Mark McGuire was being interviewed about that home run race and about those home runs. And here is a direct quote from Mark McGuire 
the home run champion with 71. I was put here to hit home runs. Now, my friend, that's sad. That's sad. If a person thinks, I was put here on planet earth to hit home runs. That'd be like saying, you know what? I was put here on earth to cook a good meal. I was put here on an earth to work this job that I'm working. I was put here on earth for this, for that, for the other. No, no, my friend, don't go there. You see, there, there we are. That's us trying to pigeonhole ourselves and tell God what our life is all about. No, that's wrong thinking. Let me tell you right thinking. I was put here on earth to follow Jesus. Now you think about that for a moment. The God of this universe that created everything and stepped into life and began to walk the streets of Palestine and began to walk up to Peter, to Paul, to Matthew, to all of the disciples, to John, and all of these others, and Dr. Luke, and others, and he walked up to people, and in their presence, he looked them straight in the eye, the Son of God, the Creator of this universe, and said, follow me. What an invitation. What an invitation. Follow me. And I will tell you, friend, no matter what occupation you may find yourself doing, whether it's hitting home runs or making football tackles or, pass, or, or, or throwing touchdown passes, that's not what God put you here for. God put you here to follow Him. Follow Him. Surrender your life to Jesus and follow Him. And when you and I come to the place in our life that that's what we're willing to do. We're going to be here and we're going to follow Jesus. Then all of these things in our life will we'll, we'll, we'll take on a, a different understanding for us and a different way of being fulfilling in our life. And God then will use us in ways that bring glory to Him. And that's what life is about. Not glory to me, but life is about glory to Him and to honor Him. Would you bow with me for a moment as we pray this morning? If God is speaking to your heart today, and you feel like that maybe God has spoken this word specifically to you. Maybe you're already a Christian. Maybe... You received Jesus as a child, or maybe you gave your heart to Christ as a teenager. But maybe today you see something a little bit different here. And it's not necessarily about salvation, although it could be. You see yourself in a point at the crossroads in your life. And you want to decide today, like Simon Peter... Jesus has given you this invitation, follow me. Maybe you want to do that. Maybe you realize to have happiness, to have joy, to fulfillment, to, to complete your purpose in life, you better make the decision to follow Jesus. Would you do that? Maybe it's a rededication of your life, or, or a new surrender of your life, a new commitment in your life. I'm going to follow Jesus. 
with my life. I know it's going to cost me something, and that's okay. I know I'm going to have to give up plans, and that's okay. I know God may rearrange a lot of things in my life. That's okay. I just want to follow Jesus. Would you do that today? Father, we ask you to pray, and we pray and ask you to touch our lives, change our lives, sink this word deep into our heart that we might make this decision, Father, to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.